All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Way of the Truth Warrior. My name is David Whitehead, and I'm very happy to be here with you today. Let me tell you, we got a lot to discuss, asking some big questions here. We're going to be talking about freedom. I feel like we got to get really good with this, especially so we know what we're fighting for. We have to understand the nature of freedom from a political, social perspective, political freedom your bodily autonomy, your rights, all that stuff. Um, and we also can look at this from a philosophical angle, which we're going to get into as well, because a philosopher is going to take you really deep when we talk about the nature of freedom. We also need to know why freedom is such a threat and not just to the establishment, not just to political tyrants or wannabe dictators, but why it's a threat to so many of us. We talk about this word freedom. We get involved in all kinds of public movements to try to win freedom. But how many people actually understand what this thing is, the history of it, the fragility of it, the threat of it. So we're going to get into that and more. So welcome everybody. I'm so glad you're here uh, today. What day is it? Monday, September 26, 2022. So much is going on. I'm not going to do as much news today. I'll be doing that on Wednesday. I got a new Wednesday show that I've been doing at 9 a.m. Pacific. 12 noon Eastern um, also makes it a little easier for those of you watching from Europe. Uh, so join me on Wednesday for that. I'll break down all the latest events and all the craziness that's going on and also all the good things that are going on. There's a lot of good things happening, but yeah, today we're going to go through a lot and I got some slides as usual, got a nice video clip to, to finish this show with. So please watch to the end. Uh, I prepared a good one for you to really help us think about this question. And I just thought it would be good that we get up to speed on this. We think about it. We meditate on this as we move forward so that we know what we're fighting for. We know what's at stake. You know what I'm saying? So welcome. We're, we're live on Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rockfin, Pilled, and Rumble. So shout out to everybody watching on those platforms. Just a quick... Uh, Request, if you wouldn't mind, if uh, if you really love this show and you want to help get the word out and support the work that I'm doing, please help me share this out far and wide on your platforms. It does so much help. You have no idea. And I just want to uh, thank all of you who've always been joining me for these sessions, leaving your comments, um, joining me for discussions on my Telegram channel. That's my main social media channel. You can get me over there and um, also just providing great feedback. I have been listening to your feedback on many different fronts and uh, I definitely take it seriously. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate all of those who've uh, helped out the show by sharing this out, by donating, by just giving your encouragement or even sending me some really deep, thoughtful remarks that even make me rethink some of the things that I believe. Because I think that's what this is all about. This is a community now where we're all talking about truth, freedom, and justice. We're all sharing ideas. We're researching history, we're researching the time we're in, and uh, as long as we can keep that discussion going, even if they're trying to censor us, we're unstoppable. So thanks to all of you for making this show possible. And I was, before I get into this, I was just thinking, I was having a chat with a few friends of mine. Uh, I was out with the guys, had a couple of brews, and uh, just talking about how hard it's been going through this last two and a half years. Um, everybody's been suffering psychological side effects to this, emotional side effects, the stuff we've lost, the fear that we've had, the anxiety we've had, um, 
the uncertainty of it all, it's definitely played its toll, even on, and especially the people that maybe are not going to admit that it took a toll on them. I tend to be that kind of person where, you know, I'm a father, I run a show, you put on a strong front, you know, um, it's definitely who I am, but you know, I've even had to be honest with how all of this has affected me. And, uh, you know, I've long been an advocate for health. And, um, when I lost my martial art practice and, and, you know, you start getting into looking at what's going on and, you know, I got absorbed in this work, uh, so much, which was a positive thing on one hand, but then, you know, I started neglecting my health a little bit. I wasn't really training and working out as much as I was, wasn't doing breathing exercises, wasn't always eating the best, you know, getting into late night snacking, picking up a few bad habits, that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm sure, you know, it happened to everybody in some way, shape or form. I think it's important we're honest. And uh, so I really want to start bringing back a part of the show Truth Warrior that I had very strong before the pandemic, which was a lot of talk about health, about personal development, um, bringing in the warrior tradition, you know, on a, on a, on a much deeper level, we're going to see some themes of that today, but I just want to really keep making that commitment that I want to bring that information to you. I'm going to be bringing on some guests in the future, maybe even having regular updates on, uh, on what we can do with our health, mental, physical, spiritual, we're multidimensional. You got to take care of your house. You have to take care of your house. And I'm speaking to myself as I'm saying this to you guys. Um, if, if I don't take care of my health, I can't do a good service with the work that I do. I can't do a good service for my children. I can't do a good service for my wife. I can't do a good service, uh, for the people that rely on me. And we often give up our pursuit of having a healthy path, staying disciplined, staying focused, working on that inner shadow work, all that good stuff. Uh, we often lose focus here and there. And it's traumas and crazy events like what we're going through that throws you off kilter. And then what happens, and it happened to me and it's happened to many people I've been talking to where you come in with lots of energy into a fight like this and it depletes you slowly but surely on many levels if you don't watch it if you don't take care of yourself and you get so focused on that you get so focused on the fight that you forget to refuel yourself and i'm just being honest i'm being straight up this is how it's been for me uh, it's extremely draining and exhausting the work that i do as much as i love it as much as i feel like i'm built for it and that's what i'm supposed to do right now um but no good if I'm broken and beat up and not taking the best care. So I'm just saying this to hopefully inspire some of you guys out there too. Um, I'm not perfect. None of us are, we all fall off the wagon. And I think it's good that we keep each other in check and help, help and motivate each other to stay strong and take care of our health, especially if we're going to be in a situation where we're criticizing the public health measures that weren't health measures, but we're actually causing more harm than good. Um, and, and, you know, those of us that decided not to take this inoculation for many different reasons, uh, we can't just go, no, I'm going to pass on that because here's all the reasons and I'm going to do it naturally. But then if we're not really taking care of our health naturally on a daily and not being an example to the people we're trying to persuade, to look at the other side of things, then what good is it? Right. 
So I want to practice what I preach. Um, I, I used to be really into that research of all the latest things about health and wellness. And I know this, everybody's kind of got their favorite take on what the best way to achieve that is, but whatever your take is, however, whatever your approach is, if we're going to be natural, if we're going to be healthy, if we're going to, I think we got to set a good example and that alone will do so much more than just words, than just here's all the facts. Here's all the journals. Here's all the details that you missed because you were watching the mainstream media. It's not good enough. People respond to uh, leadership. They actually followed the status quo because the status quo had people walk out these Pied Pipers that pretended to be leaders during the crisis. And because of that, even though they were lying through their teeth, even though they were manipulating information, um, they, they portrayed the leader, they portrayed that. And that's how they were able to get everybody to march in those clinics and do what they were told without question and look where we're at. So take a chapter out of the book and implement it. This is just my own advice. Again, speaking of myself here, uh, so that we can be that change. We say, we want to be the change. We got to be the change. Change starts within health starts within. And as we're going to learn today, freedom starts within. So um, just a couple things that I've been doing, just so I tell you, I've been back very proud of it. Uh, I've been back on a very regular workout routine. I'm a martial artist. So my version of a workout, I don't really write it down. I don't plan it out. I kind of like controlled chaos. And so I start with a little bit of stretching, a little bit of movement. Um, I have a punching bag. I got a couple weights and I just do different circuits and I try to make it different every time. So I don't get bored with it. Uh, try to put some good music on or maybe even a good podcast in the background and, uh, I go at it, you know, sometimes I do a more detailed in-depth kind of workout. Sometimes I do something that's a lot, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes it's just as simple as breathing or stretching or, um, just doing something to, to activate myself. Um, definitely put on some pounds, you know, put on the, what do they call it? The 19 pounds, the COVID 19 pounds definitely had some of that. Right before the pandemic, I was in like killer tip top shredded shape. And then, you know, started moving in the dad bod direction. And I asked myself like, why, you know, maybe it was like a feeling of hibernation, but I'm coming out of hibernation. A good friend of mine actually watches the show, recommended some uh, really good tools for my wife and I, and my wife and I have been on this, like, I don't even know what it's called, some kind of like trim thing or get back in shape program. We've been doing that for a couple months and uh, it's just been awesome. And definitely uh, continuing to work with different supplements, trying to find good quality stuff. Uh, got it getting into the collagen. I didn't even know about this. Um, I didn't know about this thing. It started to become the rage and I thought, okay, I'll try it out. But I didn't even realize that there was this very advanced form of collagen in this like shake that I was taking or this, it's this thing you take in the morning as part of this kit. And it was just, it's like a part of it. It's not even the whole thing, but it's like these bile cells and collagen natural source stuff. And, uh, for, I've talked about this before, but I've always had bad knees from all the years of martial art training and killing myself in the gym and injuries, maybe too many heel hooks, that kind of stuff. And as I was kind of moving in this hibernation, a little bit of gluttony, a little bit of neglect mode, uh, pain in my knees started to pick back up. So of course, inflammation, number one, number two, not as mobile, not act, not exercising. Uh, 
I'm now 40 body doesn't really quite respond the way it used to. Um, so I'm just happy that I found something. I started taking this thing and all of a sudden the pain in my knees was just gone. I was like, Oh my God. So I was definitely deficient somewhere. And, uh, so I've been working on that, finding deficiencies, going by how I feel. I've been sleeping better, more energy. Um, you know, so cleaning up the diet, finding some good supplements or however you feel it. I know there's a lot of people that don't like supplements. They just go strictly natural. That's totally cool. As long as you're getting enough of everything you need. Um, and so that's what I've been doing. So I hope you guys have been, uh, trying to pay attention a little bit more to that. Just wanted to open up with that. So let's get into this freedom, freedom. I've also been thinking about this from the martial art perspective, as I've been working out and training again, that when you stop working out for a while and then you jump back in, your body subconsciously becomes more tense. And so you're not free move. You're not moving freely. And then it's in those times you can injure yourself. Right? So I've been trying to work a lot on not like pushing myself to the max anymore. Uh, but more just trying to find a way, you know, move freely. This is the thought of my mind, move freely, move freely. Even when I'm walking, like, why am I so tense? And when you bring consciousness to it, all of a sudden you realize, man, I'm not as tense as I was. Uh, and you know, you notice it in just the way you interact with people and you notice, you start to notice other people. When you start paying attention to yourself like this and trying to find that freedom of movement in your body and your mind, you'll notice how unfree people are in just in their physical bodies, the rigidness, the tension comes from anxiety, uh, I think, and people have that a lot more now than ever. And you'll start to see it. And it's not a judgment. It's not like, Oh, look at that person. There's so it's just an you're noticing it. And when, when I see it, I notice it in myself. And so the breathing, the stretching, a um, little bit of yoga, a little bit of Qigong, a little bit of training, uh, really has just helped to loosen up the body and the frame. And I feel like the energy is flowing better. So highly recommend some kind of activity that you can do that'll help you free your movements of your body. And I believe if we get into the world of like somatic intelligence and things like that, if you can free your body, you can free your, the movement of your body, then it frees your mind as well. It helps the mind not get stuck as much. So this is especially key for those of you out there who've been writing me, just telling me the horror stories of what you've been through, um, the anxiety, the depression, you know, that kind of stuff. It can, it can destroy you, right? But if you know what to do with it, you can actually use it to help create more internal freedom if you know what you're, if you know what you're doing. So just wanted to add that in there. So we talk a little bit about health, a little bit about freedom of movement, but let's get into freedom itself and sort of the theme of today's show. And uh, just going to pull up my slides right out of the gate here, jump into it. Uh, this actually was the inspiration for this show. A uh, good guy named Dan on Telegram follows my Telegram. He sent me this. He goes, he quoted something that I posted in one of my posts over there where I was probably doing a long rant on something. And he quoted it and, and I said, hey, this would be a great theme for a show. And I guess I said something like this. It is believed that the knowledge of these laws is how one breaks the spell and strips the dark side of its illusory power. Slightly melodramatic, but it'll do. I think it makes the point. And I think what I'm trying to say here is that uh, we're talking about natural laws. And 
it's the knowledge of those natural laws. It's the knowledge of the freedom we're going to talk about today. That is actually the key, I believe, at least on an individual level. I, we're not going to talk about mass movements or anything like that. This is about you, you right now, nobody else. How do you, how do I break the spell of this control of this mind manipulation of this hypnotic consensus trance? How do I free myself from that? Cause we're not going to have any movement on the needle of political or social freedom in the world. If each and every one of us that makes up this world doesn't take this on board. So I think that it's the knowledge of these laws. I'm kind of vague. This is how we break the spell. This is how we actually take power away from the controllers, from the bullies and manipulators in our lives, even, you know? And so thanks, Dan. It is the theme for a good show indeed. And it will be the theme moving forward. So I was reading some Walter Russell. I've got my bookshelves all set up. I'm really thankful to my wife who's helped me put my library together, my study together. She kind of built it for me. My books were like all over on different shelves and hiding in boxes and bins. And now they're just all in front of me. So you're going to notice the quality of my show is going to pick up tremendously because I now have access to all the brilliant books that helped me on my journey. And I pulled out some Walter Russell and found some of these quotes to open this up. And this one's interesting. And I got a few comments on this. And let me know what you guys think in the chat. He says, the world needed to suffer in order to understand the simplest of universal principles, the unity of man with man and with God. The world of men had to reap the harvest of its seeds of hate, selfishness, and greed. It had been sowing for centuries. It had to reap this harvest in order to learn that universal law is inevitable and inescapable. So he's hinting at a really, really key thing that I've kept close to me. I've had, I've heard other philosophers talk about it in a similar sense. Um, you can even see this in some elements of religion where if you think about what we're going through right now, which is sort of like a global dark night of the soul, a global suffering, a global tribulation, a global apocalypse, if you take the Greek term apocalypse to mean revealing, a great revealing, um, that there's a reason for it. How do we find reason in all the madness? You know, a lot of times when we get into a dark place where we feel hopeless and we feel pessimistic about life and we feel like it's, it's over and it's, there's nothing that can be done, um, it's because of a loss of perspective on the big picture. That's just what I believe. I've, this has happened to me in my own personal life during the trials of life where you start to get beaten down and you become a victim and then you let the trials beat you down. And then it's the moment in those times where I would zoom out and remember there's a, there's a bigger purpose to it, especially if I ascribe a bigger purpose to it. And you might say, Dave, you're just making it all up in your head. Great. Aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? Right? Isn't that what this is? So good then, make it up correctly in your head. And then maybe we won't be stuck in doom and gloom mentality or victim mentality. Because doom and gloom and victim mentality makes us easy pickings for the predators in this world who would love nothing more than to see you demoted, a powerful, cosmic, divine, perfect being at your core 
demoting yourself to the level of a slave. They would love nothing more for you to believe that it's hopeless, that they're the only show in town, that the trials of life are insurmountable and inescapable. And here we have someone like Walter Russell. You got to love these people who came out and wrote this stuff down for us. Think about this. You needed to suffer in your life to get to where you are now. I'm not wishing suffering on anybody. I'm not saying people should suffer needlessly. And we want to do our, our best to ease the suffering. But it's a factor of reality. It's a factor of life. It's a fact of nature. You're here to suffering's a part of the deal. You can't really evolve and grow stronger unless there's some kind of suffering. Even back to what I was talking about with that getting in shape and doing some kind of exercise. That's a struggle. You're, you're allowing your body to struggle in a controlled environment, not just so you can look good. I mean, everybody wants to look good. You want to have the abs. Okay, fine. But that's just a byproduct of the real work, which is that you're doing what's called controlled suffering for a purpose. There's a purpose behind it. The purpose is not because you're sadomasochistic and you hate yourself. The purpose is that you understand that only under pressure can you grow stronger, right? Very simple. So what Walter Russell's taking you on here is just a zooming out to the big 100,000 foot view to put our current suffering in the world in perspective. Because he in his time, there was suffering in the world. There's suffering in the world right now. We can go in a time machine and go back to any point in time in history. There was suffering in the world then. We could jump into a time traveling device into the future timelines. And I'll bet you there's suffering going on then too. All right. And so you either cave to it and quit and allow that those uh, those obstacles and, and those challenges to overtake you and, and defeat you, or you go on the hero's journey, you discover your potential, you actually realize that it's through those challenges and struggles, you get closer to what we call God, what we call spirit or meaning or divinity or purpose. We get closer to that through the struggle, right? So if he's saying the world needed to suffer in order to understand the simplest of universal principles, which was unity, the true unity, the true unity that connects us all at the core, the same energy in, in, that animates my eyes animates your eyes. And so to unify on that, humanity needed to suffer. We chose it. We chose it. We're going to get through all of that in a bit as to the fact that these tyrants that we're facing now, this evil that we're facing now is not just something of itself that has power. It was granted power by us, by you, by me over time and other people that came before that paved the way for it to gain a foothold. So when we're seeing all of this stuff coming down, we shouldn't be having the mindset of woe is us. We're the victims. Why isn't anybody coming to save us? Because it's like a child. If you keep intervening all the time, helicopter parent, saving them from every knee scrape, every bump of the head, every lesson that they desperately need to learn, then you're going to do great damage to them. You're going to spoil that child. Now that doesn't mean throw your kid out in front of a bus so they can feel what it's like to not, you know, why don't you go across the road to chase the ball? Well, this is why, like, obviously, no, we're not talking about that, but like, you know, you can, it can go too far. And in that sense, you're robbing that child of the experience they need 
to actually know why. If you just keep saying why, that's not registering. Kids don't think about, they don't listen to what you're saying, clearly. They don't listen to what you're saying. They watch what you're doing. They want to experience it. Why is the stove hot? Well, I'll tell you if you want, but you know, I'm sure one day you're just going to not care and you're going to touch that stove and then you're going to really know for the rest of your life why I told you not to touch it, right? Don't get too close to the, to the campfire, you know? So humanity is going through that don't get too close to the campfire moment. And I feel like just helps to zoom out. It helps to get through this turmoil right now. We had to reap the harvest of the seeds of hate, selfishness, and greed that it had been sowing for centuries. Humanity, all of us, on a deep level, we're getting what we've asked for. And I'm not trying to be the one that's saying, feel guilty about it. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. And you go, oh, this is the, this is the time I incarnated here on this planet. This is the crazy shit going on while I'm here. And it looks like we're there's a cause and effect principle at work in the universe that we call natural law. So if we're experiencing this level of tyranny, that must mean that's the level that collectively we all tolerated, you know, there's always individual exceptions, but on mass, the general mass of humanity has tolerated the people that are on the thrones of power right now, the kinds of people that they are, the kinds of media that we're getting fed, the kinds of garbage they're teaching our kids in schools has only happened because we decided not to keep our eyes on the ball. And now we're taking it back, and I love seeing that. But just again, you need a philosopher like what Russell to give you the perspective as to why. Because everybody wants to know why. Why would God let this happen? Why, would, why are the good people always getting their teeth kicked in? This is why. They're, it's making you stronger. So we had to learn the universal law, that that universal law, that natural law, God's law, is inescapable. And guess what? It's not just us that's learning it. It's also the dark side, the people that have chosen to go completely against it and try to carve a new law on top of nature. They will run right into head first. They're dealing with the forces of the universe here. That's why it's doomed to fail. It's doomed to fail over a long enough timeline. Let's hope we can shorten it though. A couple more statements from Russell that I found really uh, key. And guys, all of this is going to be key to you getting yourself out of the matrix and breaking the spell. Okay, It's all relevant to the question that started this show. He goes, an inner joyousness. So he's commenting here on the type of um, attitude that you need to have right now. Okay, There's an inner joy, an inner joyousness amounting to ecstasy is actually the normal condition of the genius mind. And Remember, Walter Russell was the one that said genius is self-bestowed. Mediocrity is self-imposed. So you get to choose. Are you going to be mediocre? Are you going to be a faceless NPC? Or are you going to become a genius? It has nothing to do with your IQ or your genetics. It has to do with choice. How many fires have you gone through? How many challenges have you gone through? And you go through it with this attitude. You notice successful people, they don't have their head in the dumps. And they're not in an unrealistic kind of joy that's an illusion and fake. And they're not smiling with these fake smiles all over Facebook. That's not the genius mind. That's mediocre. That's fake. That's inauthentic. That's not what I'm talking about. The greatest masters I've ever met in martial arts, in business, in 
in philosophy and any of these sub, they have an inner passion and strength. Doesn't always mean they're smiley and they're like, yeah, pat on the back, wrote ponies and rainbows. That's not what we're talking about here. There, there's a joy, there's an ecstasy, there's a contentment, there's a there's a an in, inspiration in life that you can actually generate regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the challenges. So he says there here is why any lack of that joyousness develops body destroying toxins. You want to talk about pandemics? sweeping the planet you want to talk about the killer virus sweeping the globe you want to talk about how to get rid of disease how come we didn't have any anthony fauci's getting up and telling us about this well because these people don't even have the mental capacity to understand a quote like this okay or understand a concept that your state of your state of beingness, your state of joy, your state of passion, your state of inspiration, your state of belief in yourself, or actually better to say knowledge in yourself, develops a certain lightness on your feet that allows you to navigate the world. And that lightness, it's not something that's where you're living in a fantasy. It's actually more real than the toil that you're going through right now. And in that state, you're in the state of flow you're in the state of creation you're in the state of power and strength and courage only in that environment can courage grow can creativity grow and it even destroys physical toxins in the body so if you want to talk about health number one here it is develop the genius mind develop the warrior's mind he says that inner ecstasy of the mind is the secret fountain of perpetual youth and strength in any man. He who finds it finds omnipotence and omniscience. I just love that. Right there. There's the code to break the spell in one, in one quote. Okay? But there's more. One more. I just love this stuff. I love this stuff. Defeat I shall not know. It shall not touch me. This is your creed, okay? When you wake up in the morning and you feel like crap or you had a hard day or you don't know who to trust or you don't know what way is up, this is your mantra. This is, I'm just giving you some advice here. Defeat, I shall not know. I, it shall not touch me. I will meet it with true thinking. They're talking about the fact that your mind is your sword, okay? You will meet that defeat in battle and you will meet it with true thinking and it will not touch you. Resisting it will be my strengthening. He's talking about this process. I'm saying how we get out of this starts within you, every single individual. Resisting will become my strengthening, but I'm only resisting enough so that I can strengthen myself. And he said, but if perchance the day shall give to me the bitter cup, it shall sweeten in the drinking. This is the warrior's creed right here. And I don't think Walter Russell practiced Taekwondo or jujitsu. <laughs> he just had it in him already on a soul level. It's like, a, it's like something they would tell you before you storm the black gates, you know? If by chance the day shall come and give you the bitter cup, it will sweeten the drinking if you have the mindset of I will not know defeat. I will not touch. I will not let defeat touch me. So it's a state of mind. It's an attitude, guys. It's an attitude. Seems simple. 
but it's true. So just to lay, I want to lay that foundation of strength in you before we go to the next part here. And we talk about the art of deception. There is an art. It's called the holy art of deception, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't know how holy it is, but uh, it is an art. You can read Sun Tzu. There's, a re there's, there's specific reasons for deception. You probably had to use a little bit of deception yourself uh, to avoid getting arrested during the medical technocratic takeover there. Uh, but there's an art of deception, all right, and there's an art of deception on a mass level. And deception is only successful if the person being deceived has no awareness of the self, of who you are, of who and what you are. And deception can be stopped. A deception doesn't have to be a permanent state. You don't have to live in the permanent state of being deceived. You can break the trance anytime you want simply by gaining knowledge and then looking at that deception for what it is. And then the deception has no more power over you. So this is just a little cool little quote from Maloud Benzadi. He said, a thousand known enemies are better than one unknown enemy. So he's saying on the battlefield, I'd rather face a thousand known enemies than to deal with one unknown enemy. And haven't we in, in no matter what country you live in, haven't we been taken over by unknown enemies? Unknown enemies. And that's why we are here. So you could blame the enemy for infiltrating and using some basic deception here. It's not even that advanced if you know what you're looking at. And uh, taking over the thrones of power and taking all your land resources and wealth and taking your freedom and all of that. Uh, they, they're just doing what they do. That's how deceivers roll. They wouldn't have had a second of success if we had an awake population of empowered individuals that knew how to see through deception and identify the unknown enemy. So that's what my job is on this show is to try to help. And this is the job of anybody doing independent media right now. Your job is to uncover deception and show people the wires behind it and the, the mechanisms behind it so that it has no power over them. So you want to break this spell of great evil? Learn how to see through deception. Because here's the statement. Here's the statement. Only the self-deceived can be deceived. Only the self-deceived can be deceived. Isn't that interesting? Let me come back on this. There's a relationship between you, your inner world, and your outer world. If you are in a state of self-deception, meaning you believe lies on all these different levels, then when you look, when you cast your mind to the outer world and what's happening around you, you will be blinded by your own inner deception. Does that make sense? So like only the self-deceived, if you're self-deceived, meaning you've placed your trust in the wrong people, the wrong agencies, the wrong concepts, whatever it is, and then you're now, that's your operating manual. 
That's how you now interface with the real world and your life experiences. It forms a foundational belief. It forms a foundational worldview. If that foundational belief and worldview is a deception that was most likely crafted by professional manipulators who know how to mass put the masses in a trance. If you're going along with that deception, the only explanation isn't because of the fact that somebody is deceiving you. You can't pass the buck that easily. This is where you, this is the message of good philosophy. You can't keep passing the buck to the evildoers and the criminals and the tyrants all the time. They have to answer their own karma, their own breaking of that universal law. What's your part in it? This is what this is the reason why we focus so much on this subject on the Unslaved podcast. That's the premium podcast that I do with Michael Cesarium where we get into this whole thing. What is the self? How do we become deceived? How does it work? And how do we stop that process so that we can see clearly? Because when you can see clearly, you're not going to get deceived, right? I've been deceived. I've put my good intentions into other people and other things and then been deceived. It happens. But then you go, all right, all right, I got to catch myself. And you'll notice that every time you pull yourself out of that deception somebody gave you, you'll realize that it was because you believed them due to a blindness in yourself that led you to being deceived. So to get out of it, you just got to reverse engineer it and work on having a clear signal. You'll never be perfect, right? But you do your best to work on a clear, being clear with things being clear. Do you ever feel like you're just in a fog? Do you ever feel like you're just dazed and confused? It happens to me a lot. You got to get used to knowing how that feels. And then intuitively, you're going to see it before it even starts. And this is what it is. When you go, you just meet people, you don't even know who this person is. And you just, there's a feeling that you start to develop an intuitive feeling as to whether or not this person is trustworthy, or this person's a little shady, a little sus, you know? Like, and we had for this past two and a half years, it goes way back, but just, you know, to keep it modern, we were kind of given the kindergarten lesson in this. We weren't even given a very advanced lesson. I almost feel like in a way there are forces at work somewhere on a higher level to make this easy as possible for humanity. Right. I don't know. I just, it's weird. It's, it was pretty easy. And there was a lot of us that saw it right from the beginning. Some of us caught it later on. Some of us just woke up yesterday and nobody should feel guilty or ashamed no matter where you found yourself, because maybe those of you who woke up to this are massively deceived somewhere else. Maybe no matter how much time and energy I've put into my journey and all this research and all these interviews and this work that I do, there's still so many other areas where I'm deceived. I'm absolutely willing to accept that. So nobody should be casting judgment or blame on anybody. Oh, you didn't see it? Pfft, stupid. We shouldn't have that attitude. Because what's that thing? You're pointing the finger, there's three pointing back at you. There's some natural law for you. And I'm telling myself that because I've been harsh and judgmental too. You get frustrated. You get angry. I get it. But important, empowering, very empowering this statement. This statement might feel a little threatening at first. 
Cause like, Ooh, we're getting personal here. What are you calling? You're saying it's my fault, Dave. No, it's not your fault. Somebody's committing evil against you. Somebody's trying to deceive you. There's a whole machine of crafted propaganda. That's very sophisticated and funded the tunes of billions of dollars, trying to capture your mind and deceive you so that you behave in ways you otherwise would not behave so that you do things you would otherwise not do so that you take on belief systems you otherwise would not take on. That's what, that's what deception is. So we're not blaming anybody, but we're stating a fact. And in that fact is the key to escape. Only the self-deceived can be deceived. Therefore, deal with the self-deception first, and then the scales come off your eyes, and you can see the deception for what it is, plain as day, and then you can go and point it out to others. It's like the scene from, uh, what's that movie, They Live, where those two guys have like that half an hour fight scene over whether or not the guy's going to put the glasses on so he can see the illusion. Such a good little simple teaching tool in that film of, of putting on the glasses and you see the propaganda, take the glasses off and it's the deception, right? It's just, think of it like that. So putting on those glasses, now you can see it. The putting on the glasses process is not just about taking down the, this demonic empire of lies. It's about elevating your inner immunity to that dark, evil empire of lies. That deception is defeated. Inside out, not outside in. We've got it backwards. Now, this one's really sick. I love this one. This one comes from my good friend, Jason Kristoff. Um, I had him, I did an interview with him uh, a year ago or so. I put him, he had a brilliant 10-minute um, spot in chapter five of cult of the medics really powerful clip where he's talking about the subconscious mind and why people can't see the truth why people are deceived just go to chapter five and you'll see it uh, i'll post it sometime but just watch the whole chapter but you'll see it jason christoph he's awesome go check out his his stuff but he said this this is just i love the way he wrote this it's perfect he gives you the blueprint he says, to effectively brainwash and mind control a population, you first need fear. You first need fear. You then need a ritual or a ceremony, hmm, which relieves the fear. So step one, if you want to control a population so you can take their land resources and wealth and their freedom so that they become slaves for you, all you got to do is mind control the population through fear and then you need a ritual or ceremony to appease the fear, to give them a way of expressing the fear. That ritual must be simple so that anyone can do it. Make the lie big, make it simple, keep repeating it, and eventually they believe you. You must make average people feel like heroes for doing exactly as they're told. Is this ringing any bells? The tyrant is best served by being in full control of the fear plus manufacturing the ritual that removes the fear. That pre-manufactured ritual will in turn trick the public into participating in their own enslavement and brings them willingly into the iron grip of the tyrants. Bravo, Mr. Kristoff.
bravo. That's, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's actually also a beautiful summation of what I'm trying to convey in the entire Cult of the Medics docuseries. Which, of course, you can go watch for free right now, cultofthemedics.com. Go check it out. But that's what we're trying to, I'm trying to also give you in these shows, my notes for how I talk to people, how I confront this so that hopefully it helps. And I'm gleaning it from people who are also thinking on these lines. And this, this kind of statement is so powerful because it reveals the deception and it reveals both players in the deception, the deceiver and the deceived the cult leader and the cult followers, which to me are far more interesting to study than the cult leaders. I expect there to be megalomaniacs, sociopaths, psychopaths, serial killers, control freaks, tyrants. I expect that. We live in this world. It's a duality. There's a lot of dark shit going on. I get it. But what is shocking is when you realize good people, those good people that you would totally invite over for weekend barbecue with the family or whatever are so desperate for someone to help them for someone to give them a prescription for life for an ease of the challenge of life i want to get out of that i want to get out of the challenge of life i want to ascend to the ninth dimension above human i'm walking around in 5d man you guys are just down in 3d you want to feel like that because that makes you feel like you have control but it's an illusion. It's part of the deception. And those kind of people are perfect candidates for the cult. They walk in there, ready to go, tell me what to do. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And these tyrants go, ah, we don't have to force people into the concentration camps. We're going to turn the world into a concentration camp and they're going to love it. They're going to love it. Chains of gold. Aldous Huxley's brave new world didn't get brought about by Gestapo. It got brought about by doctors and scientists and propagandists and media personalities and soothsayers and priests. It's the They create deception. They create a ritual. So they tell you the fear. Here's the fear. It's the fear of the afterlife. If you don't follow our edicts, you're going to burn in hell for eternity. Come here for the ritual. We'll show you how to get out of it. And put a little money in the purse, please. And just do what you're told, little question. Or we got a deadly virus flying around, guys. We got to deal with it. If we don't, it's going to kill you and your children. So sign here in blood. Give us the keys to your kingdom. Shut down your flow of income. Give us your freedom on a plate. Allow us to deceive you, but don't worry. We've got lots of rituals and rites loaded up like a Pez dispenser to help you get to ease, make easy that anxiety, to ease the anxiety we helped create. But the only reason that anxiety they helped create, which is a false anxiety, it's always a false fear, or it's a, it, there's something like a challenge or a danger, but they hyperinflate it. So it becomes this big balloon animal that's, just haunting you at every second of your day. It follows you around. It goes to bed with you at night. It wakes up with you in the morning. That's the kind of fear they want, the fear that never eases. And then you need a way to 
as Trudeau likes to say, allay those fears. We're going to allay the fears. Yeah, you're going to allay the fears by giving us rituals. That way we can perform something that feels functional. It feels right because we have the race memory and the genetic memory of getting on our knees and sacrificing everything to the gods that we need to exercise that through ritual. There's a certain part of humanity that needs ritual, needs it. And I'm not even knocking it. There's a re That's how we dealt with past trauma. But they know how to call that back. Oh, the cataclysms are coming. The comets are coming. The global warming is coming. The ionosphere is going to explode. The moon is going to crash right into the earth one day. The sun is going to explode and destroy all the universe. The whole solar system, because of you and your SUVs that we sold you on TV commercials your whole life, like they'll find anything to get you petrified. Now these got these young kids literally chaining themselves to the soccer post, go the goals of the soccer on the soccer field during the match as a sign of resistance to the fact that the climate is going to destroy the planet in 12 years and we better do something now. Again, not to say there isn't challenges, but they know these propagandists, the deceivers, they know how to blow it up. And then you're going to go, what do I do? What do I do? There's a virus. There's this, there's that. Well, here's what you can do. We have no science to prove that this works. And in fact, we have a lot of science that says it's not good for you, but it's going to make you feel better. It's a good symbol. It's a good ritual. Wear the mask. Wear two masks. Erase your identity. Raise your children without empathy because they can't see your face and they can't empathize with you, but it's because we're, that's a ritual that's going to ease your fear, even if it doesn't work. Oh, next. What's the next ritual? Don the hand sanitizer, kill all bacteria and germs to the point where we don't have an immune system anymore. Spray everything with bleach, hyper sanitize the world. It's a symbol for people wanting to sanitize the feel the fear that they feel. Every time these people are sitting there greasing up their body with this alcohol-based, uh, chemical-based, known carcinogen-infused uh, hand sanitizer, every time they're wringing their hands with that shit 87 times an hour, clearly that's a neurotic thing. That's, a, that's something that's wrong. And I mean, if you did want some hand cleaner, you could just get some essential oils and make something that's not so toxic. I mean, for crying out loud, at least do that. But what is this really? It's an expression of anxiety because you're not sanitizing your hands on the right brain. The, the left brain sees it as, well, Dr. Bonnie Henry told me that I have to marinate my body and my kids in hand sanitizer in order to be safe in the world. Um, so I'm going to do it but you're not really sanitizing your hands. You're trying to sanitize the fear. See how that works? And there's so many other rituals that they can perform. And not even just due to the pandemic. So many other things that they can do. This is so ancient that it feels like it's new, but it's not because there's nothing new. It's all the same blueprint. They just know, create the fear, beat you over the head with it, create a ritual that allays the fears, and then you will walk into their hands like putty. You will do what you're told, even if it means it works against your own best interest. That's control that you can't buy. That's, that's what these people want. So great statement from 
Mr. Christoph there. So good. I'll post all this stuff, guys, all the slides as usual on my telegram so that you can have it and you can share it and get it out there because people need to hear this stuff. Now, <laughs> I was just going to show the meme at first because I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> George Orwell, boy, did I call it or what? <laughs> But what did he call? Let's go through a few statements that Mr. George Orwell said. His real name was Eric Blair. He was, uh, he sat in the inner circle. He sat on the inner circle. He knew some things and he tried to warn us through his books. And he said, a people that elect corrupt politicians, imposters, thieves, and traitors are not victims, but accomplices. So again, just that reminder, it's not so, it's easy to point the finger at the tyrants. It's easy to point the finger at the criminals and the manipulators, but they are enabled by the good people when the good people are stuck in deception, most importantly, self-deception. A society becomes totalitarian when its structure becomes flagrantly artificial. That is when its ruling class has lost its function, but succeeds in clinging to power by force or fraud. Wow. The weight of that statement in what we're living in, it's just, you totally did call it, George. Our society has only become as totalitarian as it is. And even though it looks like they're easing up the pressure, don't worry, that's part of this allaying the anxiety before the next wave. So stay vigilant, my friends. A society becomes totalitarian when its structure becomes fragrantly artificial. Artificial, the word artificial is in everything. Artificial sweeteners, artificial food. Artificial thought, artificial intelligence, everything's artificial because that's one of the signs of totalitarianism. It has to become artificial because it has to become the deception. It has to become that. The deception can't just be something in your mind and a thought. It has to become reality. And they need you to help them build that reality. And when you know that, you go, oh, what the hell? I've actually been helping to create this nightmare by being ignorant of it, by pretending it doesn't exist, by distracting myself, by hating myself. Oh, well, let's just reverse that and we can end this tomorrow if we wanted to. There you go. Next up, he says, power is not a means, it's an end. One does not establish a dictatorship in order to safeguard a revolution. That's the sales pitch they like to tell you. One makes the revolution in order to establish the dictatorship. Look what they did. Look how they walked right in the front door. Under hope and change, and we're going to change the world and make it a green world and sustainable future. we got a Terra Carta now. It's going to replace the Magna Carta. We just got to learn how that, how the, we got to know the playbook, okay? And the playbook is definitely known. Uh, moving on, he says, the most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. That's another bombshell right there. Okay. That's how they got us guys. They're trying to erase our history. They're trying to lie to you about our history. They're trying to lie to your children about our history, about the history of your country, about the history of your people, about the history of Western civilization, about the history of these great thinkers and geniuses and people that came before us to warn us and to give us the blue, the playbook. They're going to lie about it. They're going to scrub them. They're going to censor them. This is what all these fact checkers are for. This is what they're doing to you right now in the digital space. But they did it to writers like Orwell and many before 
because they came up, they had the courage to put pen to paper and say, here's a definition of freedom. Here's a definition of tyranny. Here's what's going on with this deception. Can you see it yet? And they're like, lock that guy up, burn that witch, take that doctor down. He's talking too much sense against the rest of the medical establishment. We're going to erase these people. We're going to erase history. We're going to rewrite it. And we're going to teach your children a false history so that they forget history. And then they forget what freedom even is. The objective of the object, the object of persecution is persecution. The object of torture is torture. The object of power is power. And he's saying that because these totalitarian types, they are very good at the art of sophistry, manipulating words, manipulating your mind. They're very good at that. And they'll try to justify what they're doing. There's the means, the ends justify the means, guys. We want to make a new world order that's based on equity and inclusion and sustainability. Those are all the buzzwords they've got because it's going to be none of those things. Uh, we're going to deflect reality and create an artificial reality and get you believing that persecution of the unvaxxed or the, the, the freedom people or the people that defied our tyranny, uh, the persecution is justified because that's what it's going to take to create this new world that we want to create. Uh, the object of torturing people by locking them up, disconnecting them, dividing them, gaslighting them, lying to them, driving them absolutely crazy. It's justified in order to stop the crisis, in order to stop the danger, in order to stop the boogeyman. So the torture, we, we had to torture you. We had to torture you for th two and a half years. Bullshit. You tortured us because you, that's what it is. You, torture is, the object of torture is torture. The end of story. The object of power is power. You can justify it all you want. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. So I'm going to talk about this on Wednesday, about the fact that they're dropping the arrive can and all that. And we've seen that we've been making some progress, which is great. But just realize that these people didn't declare your rights null and void for nothing. I should have added the object of declaring your rights null and void is the object of declaring your rights null and void. There's no other justification for it. It's all pretend, but they don't just take this power from you and then go, oh, we just needed it for a little bit to borrow. We're giving it back. We're returning that library book. Do you forgive us? Nope. Nope. Never forget and keep an this is the time to not go, oh, good, finally they're getting rid of some of these hell, these stringent measures and these draconian measures. I guess we can relax. Nope, this is the time to be hypervigilant and focused because they never take power like this and fully relinquish it, right? It's a game of inches. A couple more. The existing social order is a swindle and its cherished beliefs mostly delusions. This is going to become extremely relevant as we move through this storm, guys. The existing social order is a swindle. You've been swindled on so many fronts. The cherished beliefs 
that many have, sadly, are mostly delusions. It's part of that self-deception. And yes, it's aggravated by those who are deceiving you, but you sign a contract on a soul level every single time you adopt it and you don't look at it and you're not honest with yourself and you don't work to shatter those delusions so that you can see clearly. Being in a minority, here we go. Being in a minority, even in a minority of one, did not make you mad. He's talking sanity there. There was truth and there was untruth. And if you are, if you clung to the truth, even against the whole world, you were not mad. Truth against the world. It's the whole, that's the, that's the, that's our unslaved uh, motto. Truth against the world. The, what, what the world thinks of people that are mostly self-deluded doesn't matter when you come up against the truth, my friends, and you know it. It might feel good because you want to feel like you're part of the tribe, but if it's a delusion, it ain't good because truth and freedom hang out on the weekends. Truth, uh, freedom, and deception don't, okay? They're mortal enemies. So if you're a minority, even if you're one person in your whole family, in your whole circle of friends that's been getting lots of flack for standing up for the truth, what you know to be true, what you can prove to be true, they're going to make you feel like you're the crazy one, but you aren't. Take it from people that lived it. Take it from people that were sitting at the round table and know the, blue, the, the, the way this goes, the blue book or the blue book, the blueprint, <laughs> the blueprint. There was truth and there was untruth, as simple as that. And if you clung to the truth during this last two and a half years, if you're clinging to the truth right now, whether you know it all or not, and even if that truth pits you against the rest of the world, you are not insane. It's not you that's mad. It's them. They're in mass formation psychosis. Congratulations. You've just upgraded yourself because the challenge of facing the crowd that thinks you're the crazy one is going to upgrade you in ways on a soul level that you have no idea yet. So quitting is not an option. You're already on the right side. So then, what is the nature of freedom in the end? We're talking about freedom, okay? I'll come back a little bit here. What is the nature of freedom? This was the question. This is the question I think about. I've done other stuff in the past, but we have to keep revisiting this. We're out there fighting for freedom. We're, we're out there doing mandate freedom protests. We're out there asking the government for freedom to give it back to us. People are, you know, freedom fighters now. All over the world. Good. Define it. Better be able to define it in front of this enemy who knows exactly how to manipulate your words, how to manipulate terms, how to project onto you, how to gaslight you, and how to ridicule you in public and make you look crazy. What did they do? Oh, you're a fringe minority. You have unacceptable views. People that are fighting for freedom are all far-right Nazi extremists. So they know how to play with words and they have the pulpit, they have the trumpets, they have the media, they have the social media, they have the algorithmic uh, momentum on their side. And we're the ones screaming from the bottom, screaming from the shadows, out in the fringes on these websites that don't censor us, 
Thank God they're growing in number. But we better now know when you're sitting at the dinner table with your family that's still under the hex and they roll your eyes, they roll their eyes at you when you bring up freedom because that's what they're going to do. And the reason they're rolling your eyes is you're actually scratching at a trauma in their mind that they're not ready to address. You're scratching away the surface layer of that illusion and that delusion. That's why that's what freedom does. And you're, you're going to know why by the end of this show, why that is and how important it is and how freedom isn't even what you think it is. Many different kinds of freedoms, many dimensions to it. So what is the nature of it? I'm going to define it on a political level because that's what everybody's talking about. That's what everybody's used to. That's what everybody's mostly concerned with. And then I'm going to persuade you to start thinking about this philosophically. Philo, Sophia, the love of wisdom, wisdom, deep penetrating wisdom. That's what you need to bring into your mind. You have it in you. It's all in you, right? It's just, you got to activate it so that you can, I feel like there's levels to the game. Like you get to the level where you're really good with political freedom and you know how to define that, but that's blue belt. Okay. It's good. It's great to be blue belt halfway through, but black belt level in my book, in my opinion, is to know this on a spiritual philosophical attitude level, the attitude of freedom. That's where I want to get to. So let's start off with, I think I got this here with the political freedom first. We'll come back. Uh, bu, bu, bu. Yeah, we're going to come back to those guys. I guess I did this out of order. Political freedom. Don't you like those nice leaves there? The Canadian maple leaf. It is fall after all. Um, political freedom is very simple. Okay. Take notes on this. This is probably the discussion you're going to be having with your friends and family more than the philosophical side of things. Okay. That side will just be for you, but this is for them. Political freedom is this. This is what we're fighting for at the beginning of this. This is what this is really all about. Okay. An individual's freedom from physical compulsion, coercion, or interference by the government period. Memorize it. That's your answer every single time. Well, you freedom. And when they say freedom convoy, you guys are dumb. Oh yeah. Define freedom for me right now. Go. And then don't say anything. And then they'll have all the excuses, let them go. And then boom, smack upside the head with this. Well, I'm fighting for political freedom, which is an individual's freedom, yours and mine. Simply from physical compulsion, coercion, or interference by the government or by some corporation or some Google somewhere, anybody that's trying to set themselves above me, that says they get command of my life, that they get command of my destiny, anyone who sets themselves up as my God in this world, I want freedom from those motherfuckers. And this is how it is. So my individual freedom, it already exists. It's already enshrined in our constitutions. And that's what we're fighting for is that it's reinstated and reinstated with more teeth than it had before because I guess what we had before wasn't good enough because look at the world. And we're also fighting for individual rights. They're called rights for a reason because it's right and it's correct. So the concept of a right that we're all fighting for 
pertains only to actions, specifically to freedom of action. It means freedom from physical compulsion, coercion, or interference by other men. So that's now bringing it to the level. Now you, friends, family, people around me who are suffering from this mass psychosis, I have a right as a human being to be free from you and your insanity and your fear. I don't need to be embroiled in your fear, in your delusion. You have no right to pull me into that. That is your monkey. That is your challenge as an individual. I know everybody else is wearing the costume and doing all the rituals and making it look like this is just the way things are now. And this is what humans are now. But I have a different definition of what humans are. I have a different definition of what freedom is. And I will not be compulsed or coerced by you because you are stuck in a place of fear that was artificially induced in your mind. So you have a freedom politically and you have a freedom socially. And I don't care if they had constitutions to tell you that you had these rights. I don't care if they ever, never did. As a sovereign being that possesses all the qualities of nature and all that is and ever was in this universe that has been incarnated on this finite plane of existence for a short period of time as a soul, that constitution is already written inside of you and none will pass that gate. None. They only pass if you allow them to pass because you are too afraid to stand up for the freedom that you are espousing. What's that old thing? You lack the courage of your convictions, sir. Don't lack the courage of your convictions. Stand up and be strong about it. Don't be a jerk about it. You know, you got to meet people where they're at. But I'm just giving you some like some fire behind this. How serious this is. This isn't something that's dumb. This isn't something that's trivial. This isn't something where they go, well, you've always had a choice. No. If you are compulsing me, if you are coercing me, if you're interfering with me against my will, you're breaching natural law right now. Unless I'm committing a crime, unless I'm harming and breaching someone else's freedom, that's the only exception to the rule. That's the only exception. And guess who's doing that? It ain't me. It's your government. It's your people that are entrusted with the responsibility to protect these freedoms. If we have a medical technocracy growing around us, here it is. Here's your argument. Do it or else is not a choice because they're going to tell you, we gave you a choice. This is going to be their argument. I'm already seeing it from our politicians. I'm already seeing it from the journalists on Twitter. We always gave you a choice. That's going to be their argument as it starts to roll out the fact that they just poisoned the population of the planet. Well, we gave you a choice, you know, <laughs> no, do it or else is not a choice. What universe do you live in where you get to walk up and tell me, do this or else against your will, and you're going to now tell me that's a choice? What that is is coercion. The only people who employ that kind of a tactic are people who do not have a persuasive argument which would grant you the free will to choose based on mutual benefit. That is the freedom we're fighting for the freedom to choose between multiple options. And those multiple options have to benefit me just as much as they benefit you. Otherwise, 
You're trying to turn me into your little slave and I'm not going to have it. All right. I see you a mile away. If coercion is ever employed, I don't care if this is in your relationships or when it comes from the government or your job, your employer, whoever, your union, I don't care. Your police, your local Barney police officer there. If coercion is employed when you're not doing anything wrong and you're not breaking any laws and you're not hurting anybody, you will know that you are dealing with a tyrant and or a criminal. Period. End of story. Because it's by their actions that you judge them, not their words. So the question I have is, have we decided here on planet Earth that a life of security and conformity is worth the price of freedom? Is it worth it? That's the lesson that humanity has to learn, clearly. And everybody learns this lesson at their own pace. I'm not here to pick on anybody, but you have to speak the truth. You have to ask yourself this question. If you answer this question for yourself and you make that firm commitment to have the courage of your convictions on this, no one can touch you. And if they do, they're activating a karmic wheel in their lives that in this life or the net next is going to come crashing down on their heads. And that life of security, quote unquote, is the illusion of security. It's not even security. It's just the illusion of security. So here's the sales pitch they want you to buy. Hi, I'm the government. I'm the health advisor. I'm your TSA agent. I'm your local police officer enforcing the rules of this cult. Uh, we've decided we're going to offer you security and conformity. Would you like that? That'll ease the tension, won't it? That'll take the edge off. That'll help you with your anxiety and your fear. The only thing is we require that you kneel and do as you're told and heal and, and, Live like a slave. That's what we, your freedom is the price of that security that we're going to offer you. And the conformity, you want that anyways, deep down. Because to struggle to be an individual that's free is the hardest trial that you're ever going to have in this life. And we know you don't want to go through those trials. So we're going to make it real easy for you. We're going to remix the illusion of security with the tribal conformity together. And it'll be the most bright, big, shining red bow that you're just going to run towards. And you don't even know what you're giving up and you don't know what you've lost till it's gone because the price of it is your freedom as a sovereign being. And without freedom, what can you do? So medical technocracy, step aside. There's new sheriffs in town now and we're not going to have it anymore. We don't believe in coercion. If you guys have a solution to a problem, you can show us all the data and not try to make us wait 75 years, you crooks. You're not going to, I'm not going to let you use it coercion. You have to make a rational argument with evidence and facts to back up what you're saying. And instead of attacking people and calling them conspiracy theorists and shouting down on people and calling them stupid, explain it better then. Show us the facts. Show up to the debates that we've challenged you endlessly on and let us have the let us have the argument, shall we? Let's see what wins. Let's have the truth. But I'm not going to accept persuasion and coercion. And I'm not sacrificing my freedom for fake security and conformity, which I don't even want anyways. Security be damned. A free person creates their own security. 
and finds other people to team up with to do that, that think like that, that are going to respect each other's freedom in the process. You can have freedom and safety in this world. Would you believe it or not? They're telling you to give one for the other. It's not, that's, that's how you know it's tyranny, guys. That's it. Blows the whole argument wide open because they didn't give you the choice to say, and they didn't have all systems focused on how do we get through this challenge and maintain freedom? That would have been what sane, benevolent people would have done. That's what real leaders would have done. They would have never presented a dichotomy like that. The only people that present do it or else, here's some coercion, security over freedom, those are always tyrants. History doesn't look nicely on these types of people. So take your technocracy and shove it. We don't want it anymore. All right, we're coming back to this. Now let's go into the philosophy. Okay? This comes from the great Jiddu Krishnamurti. And if you stick around, I have a seven-minute video of the man that I kind of edited together for you. That's going to close this show to help explain these three statements in detail. This is going to open up your mind to a whole other level, a whole another level of understanding of what freedom really is at, at its base, at its core. Before we even talk about political freedom, you need to know this. Number one, he said, freedom is not an experience. Think about that. Just that statement, freedom is not an experience. What? I'm, I'm kind of experiencing the opposite of it right now, or maybe little shades of it here and there. What do you mean it's not an experience? Isn't life an experience? Yeah, life is an experience, but he's trying to hint at something. Either life happens to you as an experience, or you understand that it's all a state of being. It's a state of mind. So freedom is not just some experience. It is a state of being. It's a state of being. It's a state of being regardless of what the world is doing. Right there. You're out of the spell. Right there. Okay? Next one. Freedom. This one is huge, guys. I actually had like some tears this morning reading this second one. Let me know how it hits you. Freedom can only exist where there is no confusion. Poosh! That's a roundhouse kick upside the head. If there ever was one. Think about that. Freedom can only exist where there's no confusion. Sounds simple, but isn't it true? The best truths are simple. How confused are people? You want to take people's freedom away? Confuse them. It's as simple as that. If you're confused, you're not thinking about freedom. Confusion brings you down. It doesn't lift you up. Clarity brings you up. Clarity allows you to be free. Confusion is the enemy. And that's why if you start to see them creating confusion, oh, they change the rules every other day. Remember that? I was confused. I didn't know, but they gave me this ticket. It's because they want your freedom. And then this one's powerful. This one is back to you again, back to what we can do moving forward. We've had every kind of freedom, he says, that our ancestors could only dream of. And yet, what have we done with that freedom? So guys, we did win freedom comparatively to other places in the world, to places like India that he came from, to places like Russia or anywhere, North Korea, pick your place. 
Freedom is new. Freedom is rare. Freedom's rare in history and in the world right now. Okay. But we won it for a day. And what did we end up doing with it? We've got to ask ourselves that question because we want to return to freedom, right? Everybody's saying that. I want it to go back. I want it to go back to normal again. And they're like, no, no, guys. No, you didn't read the fine print. It's the new normal now. Sorry. Not sure if you read that. You're like, no, I just wanted to go back to the way it was, where I was free. Were you really that free? And even if you had some more political freedoms than you do now, were you free from confusion in your own everyday life? Were you free of your own fear? Were you free of your own self-doubt? Were you own free of your own devil on your shoulder? So when we say freedom, what do we really mean now? You're going to have, okay, you're going to get your political freedom back. But if you don't have this kind of freedom and this kind of understanding of freedom as the foundation, we're going to get tyrants coming back in out of that Pez dispenser once again, over and over again. So we, we went over here and then oh, back down again. Because humanity is going through a cycle that's a long cycle of coming out of the slumber, evolving, waking up, right? Remembering who we are. And during that waking up, that long arc of waking up, we kind of default back for a bit and then default back for a bit and then default back for a bit. And then eventually, hopefully, the goal is that we get over the hump and we become a stage 12 civilization, you know, like <laughs> that's the goal. I'm rooting for it. But uh, we can get rid of all the tyrants and arrest everybody and bring them all to Guantanamo Bay and do all that stuff all we want. If we don't learn this lesson, it's just going to swing right back within the, a couple generations, if that. So this is why this philosophical level of it is very, very, very important. Can't say enough good things about Krishnamurti, a real free thinker, a real free thinker, no dogma, free thinker. Maybe he got a little pessimistic in his old age, but who could blame him? I mean, <laughs> 70s. What was going on? It's kind of crazy back then. Let's move on to another brilliant thinker, Martin Heidegger, German philosopher, one of the most misunderstood thinkers uh, next to Hegel and some of the others. I got this from a um, someone that was doing a write-up, like a, an essay on Heidegger's thoughts on truth and freedom. So this is interesting here, okay? Let me get through this with you. Truth must be rested, like wrestled, must be wrestled. Truth must be wrestled from them. They must be torn away, robbed from concealment in order that they may be manifest as what they are in truth. So he's saying the truth has to be taken from you. He's speaking on an individual level here, right? You basically have to be robbed of it so that you awaken to it even more. Because sometimes we can't learn in the, the positive all the time. You have to learn in the negative. You need to see what it's not. You don't always see a thing for what it is. You see it for what it's not. So if you're not having a clear perspective of what the truth is, take the truth away and replace it with a lie so that you know it and you experience, oh, well, this is what it absolutely is not. And then you're only left with the truth in the end. So the truth must be robbed from concealment eventually. So then the first stage is it gets taken away, but then 
the reason truth stays out of your view is because either people around you, these manipulators and propagandists are trying to keep the truth concealed, or there's an act happening on your own, in your own will, in your own self, where you are hiding and concealing the truth from yourself, even though it's right in front of your face. Either way, obviously the truth has to come out of concealment in order for you to see it and experience it. So this is the sense Heidegger gives in the alpha prefix of aletheia. It suggests the privation of or liberation from concealment. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be liberated from concealment. To lay something free then means to liberate it from obscurity to let its truth come to pass. So he's again, giving you the correlation between truth and freedom to make something free. You have to eliminate the concealed. You have to eliminate that, which is hidden. You have to eliminate the illusion. It's powerful stuff. What then does it mean to become or to be free? The terminology Heidegger reserves is Dasein. As a matter of fact, the expression is used in two ways, and we might see in, in them two successive movements of the process by which Dasein lays itself free. The first moment of freedom occurs when Dasein, or freedom, is startled out of the complacency of its everyday absorption in beings and realizes for the first time that by its comprehension of being, it passes beyond these beings, including itself, to the process that lets them become manifest. So there's a relationship between this, this thing called truth and freedom and our own everyday experience. This process occurs in the moment of anxiety when all beings seem to slip away from the truth or design and leave it exposed to the something that is nothing, the horizon of the world. In this moment, design has been laid free, liberated from the obscurity that had hitherto held captive the structures of its own transcendence. In this moment, Dasein's existence is wrested from the concealment that held it prisoner. It is then clearly a moment of truth. So to, to really have an epiphany moment, to have a eureka moment, to have an awakening, we say, oh, I woke up. Did you? Did you really? Are we, you know, a little bit, we're getting there. But this is like the next level of understanding what the real awakening process is for all beings. This is a universal principle that he's trying to break down here. Last one, but only the first moment of truth is what they're talking about. For it is only the first moment of freedom. Anxiety, says Heidegger, reveals in Dasein its being free for the freedom of choosing itself. In other words, this first moment of freedom makes possible a second moment in which it can choose to accept itself as transcendence, that is finite, or to refuse itself by trying to run away from the awesome privilege of transcendence in yielding to the, to the seduction of being one with everybody else. So they're talking about the individuation process where the only way is to cancel the noise of everybody else to truly experience a divine moment to truly connect with God, with truth, with freedom. In other words, it is free to choose between authenticity and inauthenticity. And that was the real statement. If you didn't catch everything else, it was too kind of flighty for you. That's what it's all about. Authenticity, authentic, the real deal, the genuine article. You are that at your base. 
The world programmed you with ideas and thoughts and beliefs throughout your whole life. Some of them good, some of them bad, some of them serving you, some of them working to destroy you. And so every time you go to the level of becoming authentic, every time you stop pretending for others and pretending in a way where you're just trying to say what other people want you to think. I, everybody does it. It's just something we do because we do have that part of us that wants to be involved in the community and the tribe and the herd, right? But there's a part and there's a, there's a role for that, but you can't really experience freedom in that environment because you're pulled by the forces of everybody else. You're thinking other people's thoughts. You're regurgitating their way of seeing things. It takes a whole lifetime to kind of go back to the beginning again. Actually, it's funny as I'm thinking that in the Japanese jujitsu system, the classic one, you start out as a white belt. And in the Japanese system, the white meant purity, the virgin, blank slate. And then you slowly go through this transition as you're being challenged and you're upgrading and you're learning and you're falling and getting up and then doing it again and again and again. And your belt gets darker. Not in the West, they had like yellow, green, purple, blue or whatever, because we need to give people stars and badges in order for them to be motivated out here. But in Japan, in the classic world, it was white belt and black belt. That's it, right? On the, ba on the base. Your belt just got darker because of more blood, sweat and tears along the journey. And eventually it was all so tattered and torn and worn and it almost looked brown. And now you got your brown belt. And then you do this final trial and you get a black belt. And then you go, oh, I finally reached the mountaintop. I know it all. And then the your master looks at you and goes, no, man. All we did was take the training wheels off. You're an adult now. Welcome. Now your training really begins. <laughs> and you go, oh, shit. That mountain was nothing. I got like 10 more mountains to climb. And then you go through the next degrees. And by the time you end up at grandmaster level, grand, I've only seen like one or two of these belts in my life. The top grandmaster level is a big, thick white belt with gold trim representing full circle. And usually it's these 60, 70, 80 year old guys that have those belts. They've been doing it their whole life. I've only met a couple of them and it's a big giant white belt. And you go, what? I'm back to white belt again? It's what's being discussed here, that same cycle. Back to the beginning, but with experience. That's why you add the gold trim. Gold trim is also a military thing. Um, but that, I just thought that was interesting. As he's talking about transcendence and all these beautiful words, how to, you know, understand the moment of freedom and freedom intersecting with truth and, you know, the only time it all happens is when authenticity, when inauthenticity becomes authenticity. What, the, what a polished master is in any art is somebody that's authentic. That's why you're attracted to it. When you watch a gymnast that is perfect at what they do, or you see a, that, you know, someone do that kata or sing that song or play that instrument. A master is someone that makes it look effortless. So when you're watching, you're like, wow, they make it look so easy. That's how they all, that's how everybody talks about someone that they see a master painter or somebody. Oh, they look, how do you make it look so easy? Huh. By becoming authentic.
Authentic is ease. Inauthentic is rigid. It's tense. It's anxious. It's afraid. You're, you're doubting yourself the whole way. By the time you get that white belt with gold trim at the end of the full circle, you have become fully authentic in your art, in your practice, in your self-mastery. Not to say it's the end of the road, but that you've achieved that. That's the achievement you've had is you've found your authenticity and you've cut through the deception of the inauthentic. And it's a choice. He says it's a choose. You're free. So when you earn freedom, you have to earn it, right? Even in your own mind. Otherwise, you're at default settings and you're guided by the will of the world. And that's what the deterministic people like Sam Harris pick up and go, yeah, that's the default setting for everybody. There's no way out of that. The great masters will tell you, no, you earn free will. You earn freedom by becoming authentic. And that's why you perform as a master. That's why you make things look easy. And that's why you can walk lightly through great challenges. That's why you can have almost a joy, a, an exuberance about you. A joy that's not like, people think joy just means happy. No, it doesn't. Joy is a, 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 an authentic contentment with yourself, with your life, with, with what's happening. An acceptance of reality. Not, a, not, not getting rid of reality, living in the delusion, accepting it. And then you go, yep, what winds blow? They are, I can't stop that. I can't stop the tide of history. I can't stop what's going on in the world in the big scheme of things. But that doesn't disempower me. That only makes me become more authentic and more free. And that's why I can walk lightly in the world. And that's why, I, that's why that person can make that look easy. It's not easy to get there. That's the, that's the missing part. Everybody just sees the result. Right? Successful people, why are they successful in any field? It's because they practice in private for years and they make all the mistakes and they get rid of the inauthentic and then they become authentic. Then they can demonstrate to you they are, the, they are a master of that field and that's how they can earn their respect. So respect is earned. And these are the corners that your woke radical culture right now is desperately trying to run away from. That's why they're doing it. That's why it looks so sick. That's why it looks so toxic. That's why it looks so anti-human because it is because it is. And these people were giving you the recipe for the opposite of that. And that's why the way out is in. Now, how are we doing for time? We're doing great for time. Perfect. I mentioned this last show. I've talked about this before, um, but we need to bring it up again because everything that we're looking at, we're taking information in, we're integrating it with life experience and memory and all that, and then we're going to digest it and then put it back out, right? Because we are receivers and transmitters. So if we have bad information because we've been living, we've been believing lies. We've been believing other deluded people who are giving you their delusion and saying, come with me. I'll show you the way by coming to my delusion. And then you adopt their delusion and become that as well. It's because you have the wrong information and all information is, is 
there's different kinds of information, but the base of it is it's an exchange of energy. It's an exchange of ideas an exchange of something that you're giving information. Information is passing in and it's going out. So if you have bad information, you're going to spread that like a virus, right? And we've all been there. We're all guilty of spreading bad information at one point or a time, time or another. There's nothing wrong with going through it as long as you recognize it, correct course and move ahead, right? But in order to say that, I wanted to tell you the three levels of information. And this also has to do with information that we're all researching right now, trying to tell people, here's all the sauce, here's all the red pills, here's all the, here's the truth, what's been really going on. You need to see the classified information that they're hiding from you, right? So here's, here's, here's a breakdown that'll help you understand what's really gone on. I got this from Professor Anthony Sutton. Can't recommend reading him enough. He said, there are three levels of information. The first level, the government media establishment version of things. It is what they want you to know. And only coincidentally, is it ever actually true? This is the level of information which the general public believes to be true. So guys, this is... This is the normie information. This is like, this is what they believe. This is what they were told. That information gives them a feeling of security. It gives them a feeling of authenticity, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is because if it isn't true, then it's a false sense of security and uh, a false belief, right? But that's sadly the vast majority of people. And the architects of propaganda and, and this information and this mind control know how to keep this level, blare it out in your face 24 seven. You can't escape it. It's literally written on the subway walls. It's read right, right out in your face. And because you're not just hearing it a few times and then deciding if you're going to believe it, you're actually living in it. The environment itself starts to look like this level of information. And so that's why it's so convincing for people that, don't even take a second thought about questioning it, right? So that's where most people are trapped at level one. Level two seems a little bit better. This level of information challenges the first level, but only on the surface. It is still based on information given by the authority and is still not the full story. It does not get to the root of the problem at all, yet it is intelligent enough to swindle and distract the intellectual class. So there's your professors, there's your doctors, there's your lawyers, there's your politicians, there's your police chiefs. They're like, oh yeah, we're at the next stage of the Masonic hierarchy here where we get the classified information that the dumb mob masses out there would never know. So they get a real sense of joy. They get a kick out of the fact that they get this, they get pulled into the back office and told the what they think is the full story. So then they're the ones going, yeah, I got the real, I got the real digs. Come read my books. Come listen to my thing. I'll tell you the real story. But the truth is they're still deceived because there's the third level of information that trumps it all. This third level of information is based on newly released, newly discovered or declassified documented evidence that the vast majority of people are not even where it exists do not know where to look for it or how to demand it and how to get it declassified from the authority. Even when this level of information is uncovered and given to the general public, 
it will not be believed regardless of evidence due to the fact that levels one and two got to them first and consequently formed their belief. So this is the level of information we all need to strive to get access to. That's the job of journalism. That's the job of a detective. That's the job of anybody that's inquiring into the truth. The truth is always buried under at least two levels of camouflage. To get to the third level, to get to the real truth, there's a process that most people are not even willing to try the first stages of that process because it's too hard. There's too many dark nights of the soul. There's too much flack. There's too much resistance. There's too many headaches. It takes too much time. They don't even know where to go look for it. They're not going to take the time to find out how to go where to look for it. And yet they're still distracted by the thing they, by levels one and two, because they think they've already got the classified information because they tuned into CBC news or whatever, or they heard some expert, you know, this is the science. They read the science, they read the experts, and therefore they think they've got the truth. But that science and those experts are no different than your soothsayers and priests of the, of the ancient world that held authority on the truth, ruled you with it, made you think it was true, brainwashed you, and kept you in subservience. It's so old, it's new. So what does the independent thinker, what does the true freedom fighter do? What does the true truth warrior do? Every part of your being is dedicated to finding level three. You got to swim through the mob. You got to kill some dragons. You got to, you're going to piss a lot of people off at the dinner table. That's for sure. And you're not always going to know, but you're on the path to it. And this is how you get out. You break the spell. The spell is two to three levels deep. And you're only as good as your information. So the next time people come up and go, Oh, you and Mr. Smarty pants. How do you know all this stuff? Eh? You go, Oh, I will show you. I'll show you the documentation right here. It's been declassified. It's new information. I, I, I bet you haven't heard. If you only listen to the news, you probably haven't even heard this. I should show it to you. You deserve to know. And if they turn you down, that's because they're, they, it's an ego thing. No one wants to admit that they're getting poor information. Oh, everybody likes to think I'm getting the classified shit for sure. I know all, I know all the stuff. I even see it in this movement. The level of arrogance people come at you with this self-assured, oh, I know for sure it's this. For sure it's that. Really? If it is, great. I want to see the evidence. But like, what if I have other evidence that would change your mind? Why can't I persuade you? Because there's an attachment to it. There's, be, people become attached to the information. And they become attached to the feeling of having knowledge. Because that's their little day in the sun, right? And so when you come with this level three, heavy-handed, it takes a long time to read through it. You got to present it, right? Nobody's going to sit through that. But then they're stuck in ignorance. So level three is earned by trials, by going through those sections of the bookstores that nobody wants to go through, by taking out the microfilm, by going through old documentation, by reading mountains of books and information, a lot of it dry and boring just to get to little nuggets that'll help you put the big pieces together. That's what I'm trying to bring on the show. 
That's what I strive for. That's what I, I hope I'm doing. So that's what you're up against when you're talking to people. That's why you're getting resistance. It's programming, it's brainwashing, it's the inauthentic life, all that stuff together. But it's mainly also to do with the fact that people are in a false belief that they are being given the proper information from the proper authorities. And yet the best people that I've ever read or learned from can take those two levels of information down with one sentence. Those are the best ones. Other pieces of information take you long form podcasting and documentary series and writing books or whatever to talk about. But level three is the goal. Okay. And don't let people talk down to you and don't talk down to them. Realize where people are at. People are operating under the illusion that they have been given the correct information. They're operating under the illusion that they are free already. So what's your problem, Dave? The worst kind of slave is the one that believes they're free when they're really not. And the reason they believe they're free is because they were given levels one and two of information. And somewhere down the line, they sold themselves out and went, I don't want to think for myself anymore. I don't want to go on the arduous task of trying to find out what the truth is. Here's my brain on a silver platter government. Tell me what to do. Give me the prescription for life, please. Who am I? I'm not the expert, so I'm going to go trust all the experts. Fine, trust some experts, but compare notes and form an, an opinion based on looking at lots of different information and going through the process of eliminating what's not true so that at least you're left with a few options where you can try to figure out what the truth is in the end. You're only as good as your information. That's really important. Now, on a little more of a technical note about what we've been going through in this pandemic, because it's, it's relevant. They're coming out of it and going, see, we're giving you back. You don't have to give us a ride can anymore for a little while until we bring the digital ID in. <laughs> but, you know, everybody's starting to believe, they're going to start believing that they're having freedom granted to them now. Don't forget what they did. Don't forget the recipe they used because they're going to just take the same recipe and use a different crisis to do it again until they're stopped. So a couple points, the three greatest tragedies of the last two and a half years that have lifelong consequences. Number one, denial. So denial was huge throughout all of it, but denial of foreseen catastrophic harms of unprecedented unscientific lockdowns and mandates and policies. So we knew it. People had access to level three of information back when this started. They came out from within the medical establishment, within the political establishment and tried to warn everybody these measures are going to cause more harm than good. I was there. I documented it all on the first shows I did on it. Now that they're all being proven correct, even though they got censored and blacklisted and shadow banned and lives and careers destroyed, even though they're being proven right now, two and a half years later, I don't want people to forget that it was foreseen and that everybody was stuck in denial of the fact that what we saw happen was foreseen by people that had access to level three information and tried to warn us. Next, denial of natural, innate mucosal and T-cell immunity. So basically the denial of the human body's ability to process disease, 
a complete denial of any natural immunity, which don't forget, they're trying to create the artificial world, right? They're trying to breed the new transhuman human 2.0. There's many ways to achieve it, but number one, you keep people living an inauthentic life so that they actually behave like robots and you keep them in denial of the natural gifts that they've already got built into the package that they don't need big pharma to come up and fix for anybody. If it ain't broke, you don't fix it. And so they denied this was part of the propaganda too, for bigger purposes, I think to start talking down to oh natural immunity. That's just what the hippies and the crunchies and the Amish and the weird freaky people believe in all those conspiracy theorists believe in that the real people that are trust the science, they know that Anthony Fauci and Joseph Mengele and uh, Pfizer know way better than nature and God and whatever force created this universe and all the natural things in it. It knows they know better. Bill Gates knows better. And look at them now. Oh, did you get your fifth shot? Did you get your sixth shot? You better get your sixth booster. It's the only way. They'll stay, they'll say that to the end of time. We 50 years from now, they'll be like, did you take your 1246 booster yet? No, I have natural immunity. You're in denial. Bro, you need some help. How did you survive this long? I don't know. Uh, next, last one. Biggest one. Violation of the basic human right of informed consent with coercions and restrictions. So that goes back to that bit on political freedom. The most basic, universally accepted medical ethic practices were all violated. Your most basic rights that protect you from such measures and such coercion were violated for what? For what? For nothing. Nothing other than, of course, the ulterior motive of what's really going on behind all of this. So I just wanted to put that there so we don't forget. And then I think I got, yeah, this is my last slide here. I've used this quote the whole time, guys. It's such a keeper. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Necessity and security are the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants and it is the creed of slaves. That just sums it right up there, Mr. William Pitt. This is what, this is the mindset they want you in when they march you into the transhuman future with the great reset where you're going to own nothing. You're going to own nothing. You're not going to own. This isn't just about goods and services and property. Owning your mind, owning the freedom and sovereignty of your mind is what's at stake. Being human is what's at stake. And the only way they were able to convince you of even thinking about this as an option was that they offered you necessity and security, necessity and security, sustainability, equity, the lies, the best liars know how to use your virtue against you. The best deceivers know how to use your virtue against you. They know how to play your hopes and dreams against you. And if you can see clearly, none of this spell is going to work on you. 
if you know that their sales pitch always ends with infringing your freedom, you know who you're dealing with. End of story. You don't even need to consider anything else from that point on. You know who you're dealing with when the end of the sentence is, give it to me or else. Do it or else. It's a threat to your freedom. If it's a threat to your freedom, and by freedom, I'm not saying the freedom to go do whatever you want at everybody's expense. That's not what we're talking about. You do have responsibilities to, if you're going to live in a society and have a family and all that, you do have responsibilities. I'm talking about the freedom we've defined in this show. Freedom from coercion, freedom from infringement, freedom from harassment, and then that true, deep, philosophical freedom. If they're infringing that, they're infringing against God, the divine nature. They're infringing against a lot more than you. But their argument to do that is always necessity. We have to do this. I have to take your freedom. It's the only way, guys. You have to give me all your private property. It's the only way. You have to pay us taxes. It's the only way to stop the weather. You have to give me the things I don't want you to have and only have the things I want you to have. You have to be surveilled. You have to give me a digital passport that shows every little detail about you. You have to do a body scan. It's a necessity for security's sake, for the greater good of the greater number, guys. Get with the program. That's always their sales pitch. You have to take an experimental injection with God knows what in it, with zero knowledge that we have. Well, they have knowledge of it, but on the lower level, we have no knowledge of what it's going to do to you, but you have to take it. It's the only way. Forget about therapeutics. Forget about being healthy on your own. Forget about natural innate immunity. Forget about that. Forget about early treatment options. Forget about other, other, other options. We don't want you to have options. Because options mean danger. See, they're trying to program you and your friends and your family that freedom is dangerous. People who love freedom are dangerous. They're extremists. They're terrorists. They're evil. We're going to conflate freedom fighters with Nazis. <laughs> That's a, I don't know what you, gotta, <laughs> what you got going on in your head to buy that bullshit. But it's literally the mantra on Twitter right now. Because they're panicking, because we're exposing them as being the Nazis themselves. But uh, yeah, this is the sales pitch. This is always their argument. And it's always the creed of the slaves. So there's the cult leaders and there's the cult followers. There's the deceivers and there's the willfully deceived. Willfully deceived because it's too traumatic to stare at the truth. So. What's that first slide? What's that first slide? Let's come back full circle in this show where Dan was asking, can you explain this? It is believed that the knowledge of these laws is how one breaks the spell and strips the dark side of its illusory power. I hope I've answered it. I hope you, you caught it. I hope I've made it clear. That's my goal is that I'm more clear in articulating this because this is bigger than me, guys. What do I know? I'm just a guy who's collected this. I cared enough about it to collect it. I've tried the best to learn it. I still have so much more to learn. But that is my answer to that about how we win, how you win. Forget about we, how you win. 
it has to come down to you. We can't just sit back and go, well, when we'll wait till the people wake up, they'll hit critical mass. And then it's a great awakening. Yeah, I'm all, we're all waiting for it, but it's a slow arc through time. So you'll be sitting for a bit in the meantime, while we're waiting for some luck to come on our side or some, some, some help or some uh, momentum or some change or a, a sea change, which it's, it's happening right now. I'm going to cover it all Wednesday on the, on the political level here. Um, while you're waiting and you're sitting there going, what do I do? What can I do? And you're all asking, what are we going to do? Until the answer is known, because it's not really fully known to anybody, but until the answer on the big level is known, it's probably beyond all of us. This is the best answer I got. That's the best answer I got is you got plenty of work cut out for you in your own life, in your own mind to untangle the web of deception that is already woven into you by so many different elements of your life. And on top of that, on top of the delusion we create to avoid facing pain from the past, there's also this dark wizardry at work in the world where they're trying to confuse you and belittle you and scare you and lead you to your own demise. And so you only break the spell if you can see it for what it is. And you can only break the spell and see it for what it is if you do the work necessary to get rid of the lies you tell yourself before we even talk about what lies you need to expose to other people around you. It's a very personal thing. And it's all I, as a podcaster, that's based the podcast off a philosophy, like just basic philosophy. That's what the best philosophers are going to tell you. It's you against the world. It's truth against the world. We, we try to work with these big movements. We try to go do some protests. We try to do some public political action. We try to get some good people elected. We hold out hope that there's good people at all levels of our society that are fighting back against this tyranny. We're all holding our breath that a great awakening is occurring. But that for me is like, that's like up there somewhere. That's like a pipe dream that I keep and I hope and I put energy towards and I try to manifest it. But my ability to call it into existence or yours is limited, right? So you, you can only manifest it in your own life. And guess what? When it, here's the magic of it. Here's the real magic of it. The moment you start putting the gears of your mind and your consciousness towards something, the more it's going to manifest. And that goes for your, your hope or your fear, like either way. You want to create something in the world, you better not have a destructive mindset. Makes sense, right? So I believe that in this sort of, there's another layer to things. There's a metaphysical, epigenetic, consciousness, spiritual plane, a lot of words for it, but there's something that's sort of, we have this ability to create resonance around us only when we get the vehicle right, right? When we become resonant ourselves, you can create resonance in the field, right? And so the more you direct your mind, the prism of your mind, the crystal of your mind towards creating the life you want, creating the world you want, 
and this isn't going into solipsism, which is like you think you're in your own little universal bubble or anything like that. We're not going there, but there's a level that, that you can go to that says, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up in the morning tomorrow inspired to make little changes in my life that are going to benefit me and are going to benefit my freedom and are going to lead me to the truth. Little steps. I'm going to put my gears and my wheels of my machine 100% towards that because I know that if I can empower myself and become free myself and connect to the truth myself, I will be a better service to others. I will actually help create a ripple effect of change in this world by creating a ripple effect of change within me, which will then become contagious to the people around me, whether they know it or not. It's all happening on the unconscious level. And then momentum comes your way. It's a simple momentum comes your way. It's, it's what I would say is the real authentic law of attraction. Not that crap they try to sell you. Just so you can have a Lamborghini parked in your front. You know, I mean, if you want a Lamborghini, go for it. It probably works too. But, you know, if you got bigger fish to fry, if you got more purpose in life than just that, um, you can direct your will, which is a microcosmic version of the will of all things, kingdom of heaven, and you can create in your life even when you're at war, even when your whole society is melting into tyranny and conformity. In fact, it's what you have to do to change it. It's like the hundredth monkey thing. If everybody just bends the knee and goes with the program, it's going to happen. The dark sorcerers know full well how to make their game, the momentum go on their side. They know the astrology. They know the timing. They know how to do their sigils and rites and rituals to manipulate the forces of nature, to give the momentum to them. But what, are they the only guys that know this? No. We've got tons of brilliant teachers that told us how to do it ourselves. So here it is. If you start making those little changes, even though you're going to say, Dave, that's not good. We got to write more letters. We got to go do lawsuits. We got to start a revolution. We got to go kick the doors down and arrest these people. All right. Hold up though. If we do that, just know that if no change is made in everybody that's involved in your, everybody in your, or at least a big, it doesn't have to be everybody actually, just like we have a significant amount of people in a country or in a community that are geared this way. If we don't have that, then the tyrants are just going to come back next week. They, they got plenty of, uh, Klaus Schwab has raised a whole army of minions. All right. So they can replace them all, all day long. The change is an attitude change. It's a perspective change. It's a mind shift. That's the change. So get rid of the illusion in you. Boom, you bring momentum into your life. You wake up in the morning and go, I will not allow defeat to creep into my life. I will not allow tyranny into my life. I will not allow myself to become a slave. I will not allow myself to operate from a place of fear. I'm not saying I'm not going to have fear or I'm not going to experience it. You're going to experience it. Welcome to earth. It's one of the ingredients of life, but you can use it as an ally, not an enemy. Make fear your ally. It works for you now. You don't work for it. And it's a mindset. And I, I just know that that is literally the most important thing. I've just had too many experiences in my life where my mindset literally created the results 
whether it was positive or negative. At least it helped it. There's definitely a lot of things you can't control. But that's it. That's how you break the spell and strip that illusory power. You give no quarter. Here and no further. Here's the line in the sand. Get bent, you know? Like have a little bit of spice. Fight back. Resist. But not resisting by grabbing a musket and running through the fields. Resist here. Resist here. Start there. And then guess what? It's going to magnetically happen. It's already happening. Look at... This is why I love that trucker combo, and I can't stop talking about it because I witnessed what I'm saying happen I'm with, in an organic way where one guy went, let's drive a truck with the flag. Let's put a flag in the ground and let people know they're not alone. It gave people hope for the first time. It was a light in the darkness. That's just all it needed to do. And then people did the rest. They give all the praise to these truckers and these fight freedom fighters, which is great. They deserve their due. But you then, those people then contributed and went, yes, I want freedom. I've had enough of this. I'm sick of being stuck in hopelessness and despair and locked in my house and listening to negative news and being called a racist terrorist. I'm sick of that. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go sing. I'm going to go dance. We're going to have bouncy castles. We're going to get together. We're going to hug each other again. We're going to bring some love in the real love. We're going to be authentic. These are people that never went to a protest in their life. And what did it do? Oh, and then more people. Oh, oh, people just need the signal. It was a lighting of the beacons. And there's been many other lighting of the beacons that are happening all around the world. But what if I told you, you can get to the same place in here without a trucker convoy, without a big hero coming to sit, without any of that stuff. You can become the embodiment of that same energy in your mind, in your life right now. It's a choice. It's hard to make the choice because you're going to bump up against all that fear, trauma, self-doubt, all that shit. But you make the choice, there's your magical moment. That's how you change the momentum. And hell yeah, I'm talking to myself too because I know it's hard to just, if you're stuck in doubt, I know it's hard to believe this. But it is a belief. It is a belief. And it's funny about that. I was... uh my daughter, my oldest daughter, she was having a couple nights of nightmares and they were really starting to get to her and I'm having the normal conversations with her that I have, you know, about, you know, facing fear and, you know, just try to think about something else. And of course, it's always easier said than done because it's all subconscious and she's young and she's still trying to learn how to control her imagination a little bit. And um, so I tried something different. I said, okay, give me a piece of paper, give me a piece of paper and a pencil. I said, the reason why you're so afraid, because I asked her, I said, you've had a few nightmares before, right? Yeah. She says, I had one last night. I'm like, okay. And you were afraid last night? Yeah. Did your fear come real, become real? Well, no, it just became real in my dream. I was like, okay. So you kind of fell asleep with a belief that you were going to have a nightmare. She's like, yeah, because I was afraid I was going to have a nightmare. I'm like, okay. So I wrote the word belief. I said, you have a belief. It, your, your fear started with a belief. And that belief gave the fear energy. You gave the fear everything it needed. It's like a hungry tiger and it wants to come eat. And you went, oh, here's the, here's the food. And then, yeah, you got swallowed up. So belief. In the middle of the word belief, and I wrote it 
and I put the word lie in capitals in the begin in the middle of the word belief because right in the middle of the word belief is the word lie coincidentally enough so i said so you had a belief that the fear had power over you enough to actually bring a nightmare and, and keep you afraid so it wasn't really the fear that did it it was the belief that did it and the belief had a lie in it and then you believed the lie and then you gave that power, and that's why it happened. Do you know what cures fear? She goes, what? And I wrote it down. I went, knowledge, knowing, knowing eliminates fear. Belief supports fear. Belief is born out of fear. Knowledge is the antidote to belief. And it's also the antidote to fear because fear is often an illusion, especially when it stays like this, when it's giving you nightmares and you're making it into this big thing in your mind. It's not real. Like, it's not like there's an actual thing to be afraid of, like some ghost coming out of the closet or whatever, like whatever you're imagining. Did it, did that actually happen? No. Okay. Then you're, you're fueling the fear by giving it power through your belief. So eliminate the lie, learn how to know the truth. The truth being, there's no ghost coming out of your closet. Knowing that you are participating in your life experience and what you believe is what's going to happen in many cases, especially when it comes to your mindset. So change belief into knowledge and the fear is gone. And I said, even when you know something that's kind of scary, even when it's scary what you know, it actually gets rid of the fear. That's why you guys are so, that's why everybody's so curious. They want to know what's going on. Cause you know, instinctively, even though we're looking at some pretty evil things, some of the information I cover on this show and in my series and the work that I do, it's pretty dark and scary, but isn't it weird how when you watch it and you learn about it and you learn about the mechanisms of evil, and the mechanisms of tyranny and the history of it and the motivation of it, it answers a lot of questions. And that alone, even though you're looking at something dark and scary, it doesn't have the power that it does when it's held behind the cloak of mystery. When it's held behind the cloak of mystery, now your imagination fills all the gaps and you make it more powerful than it really is. And you project everything onto it and you're feeding it and making it strong. These evil ones, they're out of business. The minute humanity recognizes it and goes, oh, get this shit out of my face. I don't want to, this isn't what I want. These people are a bunch of hellions. Get them out of here. I'm not going to believe you. You've lied to me in the past. I'm not believing you. That's all it takes. Knowledge. Obviously, I didn't go into that digression with my daughter. I just did a very simple, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I put it on the side of her table. I said, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're still feeling afraid, I want you to read this three times. Read it out loud. Then put it back down. Try to go back to sleep. Try to imagine you're, you know, start creating the, the dream you want. And then if it happens again, wake up and then write it down beside what I've written. Just write it yourself. The act of writing, sometimes it just helps get stuff out of your head. Well, she didn't even need to go to that level. 
it that was enough she didn't have any nightmares she's kind of it like it's stunt she hasn't had any nightmares for the past week ever since so i thought oh that worked i didn't know it was kind of experiment that's what worked for me when i was dealing with fear a long time ago and that level of fear has never visited me ever since and it's because good people taught me that i integrated it i worked on it i built it into myself and now i it doesn't haunt me like it used to so i'm hoping that helps you guys so guys, that is the show for today. What do we do? We just, oh, we went over a little two hours. That's okay. Um, I hope this helped. I hope it resonated. I'm going to leave you with a wonderful video. So if you got a little time and you want to feel inspired, I got some nice uh, calming music to go with the, the video clip. We're going to listen to Krishnamurti close out the show. Um, and I'll say my goodbyes now. Wednesday. Come back here if you want to watch live, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. And if not, you can get the archives on all my channels. If you ever get lost, you don't know where to find my work or you've missed an episode and you, you can't find it, just go to dwtruthwarrior.com, dwtruthwarrior.com. And I always have the recent episodes posted there. Uh, make sure to follow my Rumble and all the channels. They'll alert you as well. Um, and then uh, best way to support, share it out. Go check out Cult of the Medics. If you want to leave a donation to help me fund this project, it's greatly appreciated. You can leave it over there. You can leave it in these chats. And I know everybody's tight, so if that's too much, just pass this knowledge on. This is patch the, pass the baton, pass the torch. Someone pass the torch to me. I'm just passing it to you. Carry it forward for what it's worth. Make it your own. And um, I hope you'll stay with me for an extra seven minutes to have Mr. Krishnamurti break down what real freedom is and I hope you've enjoyed this, and uh, I will catch everybody next time. Here we go. Cheers, everybody. What is freedom? This is the last question. <laughs> you know, many philosophers have written, talked about freedom. We talk about freedom, freedom to live where we like, freedom to have any job we like, freedom to choose a woman or a man. Freedom to read any literature, or freedom not to read at all. We are, we are free. And so what do we do with that freedom? We use that freedom to express ourselves, to do what we like. Right? Whatever we like. We have every kind of freedom. And what have we done with that freedom? We think choice, when we, where there is choice, we have freedom. And does choice give freedom? Please follow me. Why do we have to choose? If you are very clear, 
clear, purely perceived clear. There is no choice. Out of that comes right action. It's only when there is doubt, uncertainty, you begin to choose. So choice, if you'll forgive me my saying so, choice prevents freedom. And the totalitarian states have no freedom at all, because they have the idea that freedom brings about degeneration of man, therefore control, suppress. You follow, you know what is happening, all the rest of it. So what is freedom? Is it based on choice? Is it to do exactly what we like? Throwing bombs is also freedom. Right? Just look what we have reduced our freedom to. So what is freedom? Does freedom lie out there or here? I'm just asking, I'm not saying... Where do you begin to search for freedom? In the outward world? Which is to express and do, act, whatever you like, the so-called individual freedom. Or does freedom begin inwardly, which then expresses itself intelligently outwardly? That is, freedom must begin when there is no confusion, right? Confusion inside me when I am seeking perhaps psychologically, religiously, not to be caught in any trap. You understand? There are innumerable traps, gurus, saviours, preachers, the excellent books, psychologists and psychiatrists, they're all there. if I am confused and no, and there is disorder, mustn't have first be free of that disorder before I talk of freedom. So, shouldn't I begin here inside me, in my skin, in my mind, in my heart, to be? totally free of all the fears and anxieties, despairs, hurts and wounds that one has received through some psychic disorder. You follow all that, to watch it for oneself and be free of it. But apparently we haven't got the energy. We go to another to give us energy. 
psychiatrist gives us by talking to him, you feel much more relieved. You follow the confession and all the rest of it. Always depending on somebody else. And so that dependence inevitably brings great conflict, disorder. So one has to begin to understand the depth and the greatness of freedom one must begin quite near. And the nearest is you. But the freedom real, the greatness of freedom and the enormity, the dignity, the beauty of it is when in oneself and it is completely order. And that order comes only when we are light to ourselves. So freedom is something, sir, that you cannot experience. Like enlightenment is not to be experienced, it is a state of being, not becoming.